Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today you can meet our guest, Boris Mortkovich. He's a three-time tech entrepreneur and real estate investor. He's currently the CEO and co-founder of an electric bike company, Evlo, as well as a real estate investor focusing specifically on the short-term rental market. Working together with his wife, they acquire, renovate, and launch short-term rental properties all over the U.S. and currently host over 10,000 guests per year. So welcome to the show, Boris. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. So Boris, if you can share a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate and how you and your wife got started in this together. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I actually moved to the States about 20 years ago from Lithuania. My wife moved to the States uh, from China about 10 years ago. So she worked in corporate and I actually started a series of companies over the last two decades. The one that I have co-founded 10 years ago, as you mentioned, is an electric bike company called Evelo that I still run to this day. We design and develop electric bikes. And we got started in real estate about five years ago at this point. It was somewhat accidental, but somewhat not. We always talked about kind of getting an investment property. And as you know, fairly big travelers ourselves, we always were intrigued by the Airbnb concept. And I still remember that a few years back, we went on a trip to Seattle where we stayed in this Airbnb houseboat. And after that, we came back and we just made the decision for ourselves that, okay, uh, we're going to start to do something like this ourselves. Uh, so we did actually end up getting a boat and an apartment uh, that we rented out in, um, as a short-term rental. And that was our very first introduction to it. Oh, wow. So was there any differences of renting, like a, buying out a boat as a rental that you'd have to consider versus like anything else on land? Actually, what we ended up doing is we ended up giving up our apartments and we moved in to live on a boat. And that freed up some capital for us to be able to buy our first investment property. So it was kind of a this inverse sort of a setup. Uh, so the, the Airbnb that we, uh, well, the first property that we had, it was on land that we rented out. But it went well. And, um, you know, the short-term rentals, one of the really good things about it is that if you do it right, the cash flow it generates can be substantial. And it actually, within a year, it allowed us to save up for another down payment for, for another property. And then things kind of went from there. Oh, wow. And so when you guys were getting started in this space, what are the kind of the first things that you did in order to get everything set up so that you were able to manage the rentals properly in terms of like marketing, making sure that you're filling the units up with renters and in the Airbnb space? Like what were you doing in that time period? So it's interesting. Well, first of all, the one good thing is that with Airbnb and other platforms such as Verbo being as popular as they are, in most markets, you really don't have to worry too much about finding guests. Uh, I mean, that's just the reality. There is uh, The demand is significant. That said, when we started our first property, we always were thinking about scaling this. And because we had that mindset and because we both kind of came from tech backgrounds, 
from day one, we thought about how can we use tools and technology to kind of automate anything that can be automated. And fortunately, we were able to tap into some of the really great tools that exist for short-term rental hosts today to automate guest messaging, to automate price management, um, to automate a lot of the coordination of the day-to-day activities that that we can talk about as well. Got it. And so like in terms of the technology, you guys both came from the tech background. And so like how much would you say you guys were dependent on technology in order to make sure that the business was running efficiently? Oh, a lot, actually. I mean, fortunately, we, we, we didn't have to design anything ourselves. But to give you an example, so when we had our first two properties, we were hosting a fair amount of guests uh, even back then. And we used one tool uh, that basically automated maybe 90% of the communication with the guests. So all of the check-in instructions, check-out instructions, uh, that would be automatically sent. If a guest had let's say a very common question about where do I park or can I check in early? The software can detect that question and send them an automated response. So that would free us up to really think more about the guest experience and to really engage in more meaningful conversations. Maybe if somebody wanted recommendations about what to do in the area. So, And another kind of a fun fact is that when we launched, when we had two properties going on, we actually left on a six-month honeymoon uh, road trip from New England to Argentina. And we were continuing to manage these properties while on the road. But obviously, the more automated we could have made it, the more we could enjoy the time kind of with each other. Yeah, a six-month road trip. That's an amazing honeymoon there. It was. It really was. So as you guys were on the road trip, so you did not have to meet any of the potential guests or anything like that on your property, everything was automated in terms of like from check-in to letting the guests in to like their basic needs that they're looking for. If something came up with a property uh, in terms of communication and everything like that, everything was automated. Correct. And uh, of course, in this business, uh, one of the critical elements is still figuring out the partners on the ground. So we were very lucky uh, that we were able to recruit a really wonderful housekeeping team of two people that helped us with the turnovers and kind of keeping the properties clean and welcoming to the guests. And we found a really wonderful uh, handyman that we still work with today and four years later that would attend to some of the basic issues that would need uh, maintenance. And of course, if something really does break down, if uh, there's a major issue, then we would just reach out and then find a contractor that would come out, uh, handle the problem, we would pay for it and be back in business. So I'd love to ask, on your six-month road trip to South America, what was the most memorable part of your vacation? Oh my goodness, it's uh, it's really tough to, to pick one. But I think that one of the best parts is that during the road trip, we had this uh, tent on the roof of our car that would allow us to basically camp out in pretty much anywhere. And I think that some of the best, best memories would be when we would find kind of a small canyon or some really out of the way nook, uh, set up the tent, make dinner, just, and just be the two of us. And really, that's what the best memories uh, come back to. It's amazing. Quality time together, just one-on-one. 
Yeah, and it's always interesting because uh, in a way, what was really special is that while we were doing this trip, the properties and Airbnb actually continued to generate income for us. So although we were still working while while being remote, but on, on a more reduced basis, and this basically allowed us to um, not stress out so much about dipping into our savings, but rather be able to use the income generated. And so while being remote, what are some of the challenges that you guys face while managing the properties? Well, so today we have properties in about five cities all over the U.S. And frankly, even if we're setting up a property where we live or nearby, we always treat it as if it's 2,000 miles away. So basically all of the systems that we're setting up, they're the same. Because one thing that, again, we want to do is think about scale and not have any property depend on us dropping everything and going to, let's say, you know, fix a toilet if something gets broken. So right now, we're also quite lucky because we got to a slightly higher scale. So we were able to recruit a couple of team members that help us manage the properties on a day-to-day. So in effect, we've built out our own internal management company. But I would say as kind of even mentioned in the beginning, that 80% of our operations are automated. So, and I'll give a couple of specific examples. We use a tool called SmartBNB for guest communication. We use uh, another tool uh, called Price Labs for uh, pricing that is very similarly done to hotels where they constantly optimize and tweak their pricing to reflect the demand and the supply. So we do the same thing and it's been very helpful actually. And then we use another tool called Slack uh, as a way to communicate with all of our team members on the ground and virtually. So between all of this, uh, we're able to to manage the properties wherever we are. Got it. And so as you were honing out your systems and processes to be able to manage your properties wherever you guys are, how have you guys been able to build out your portfolio to what it is today? And, you know, in terms of like, uh, in terms of like the financing, in terms of finding the properties, how are you guys able to do that? So it can be a little tough in a sense. We don't necessarily have any secret ways of getting, uh, let's say, off-market properties. So most of the properties that we got were properties that we found on the MLS. Usually when we acquire a property, we do the down payment ourselves and then get a typical 30-year mortgage we do that. And then when we begin to set up the property, typically we'll go out there for about two to three weeks. And while working remotely, we'll get everything furnished, we'll find and vet and train housekeepers, maintenance crew. If it's in an existing city where we already have a team developed, it's, it becomes much easier because then we can do almost everything remotely because we already have trusted individuals there. So from the time that you guys purchased a new property and and then to the times where you guys are renovating and then also furnishing the the property, how long is that timeframe before it's ready to be listed on platform? So if it's only a minor renovation, such as let's say a paint job and a couple of small things, our record right now is to be able to go from closing to being live in about nine days. And usually we try to compress that time frame because, again, we have to fly out and be in a different city for, the, for that time period. And right now we have a small baby, so we try to do it quickly so that we don't have to be away from uh, from her. Oh, how old's uh, your baby? But, uh, she's eight months. Well, congratulations. I also have an eight-month-old as well. 
Oh, nine months now. (laughs) Yeah, it goes by quickly. It does. It definitely does. But I would say that for most people, you can, and if their renovation is not extensive, you can be up and running within 21 days to 30 days. Because I'll say this, what separates a short-term rental, of course, is the ability to furnish and design a place. But oftentimes you can do 80% of that before you even close. So after closing, it's just a matter of taking delivery of the furniture, figuring out how to assemble it, and finding the uh, housekeeping and the maintenance uh, individuals that you'll be working with. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so how do you guys differentiate your listing from other listings out there? It's a good question. So to be honest, it comes down a lot with the sort of properties that we'll acquire. So we typically have two types of things that we focus on. So one is we focus on large urban properties where we can rent it out both as as a full house, basically with maybe five, uh, six bedrooms, and where we can rent it out by the bedroom. And the reason we do this is because it's very easy to rent out a property in the city on the weekends. There's always a lot of demands from groups that want to stay there. But on the weekdays, it becomes tougher because if you have a large property, groups are just not that likely to travel on the weekdays. There's still some demand, but not enough to keep it 100% uh, busy. So as a result, during the week, we will oftentimes rent it out by the individual bed. And then the other kind of specialty that we have is rural outdoor properties. Somewhere we focus on the mountains with four-season entertainment. And there we focus on ultra-large properties as well. So usually six, seven, eight bedrooms. And this gives us a big advantage because there is a ton of supply for small houses, for three, four bedrooms. So the guests usually have a lot to choose from and you can only really compete on price. But when you go into, again, six, seven, eight bedroom sort of houses, those are more rare. Guests are willing to pay a premium for that and you can do better. And so now you also have eight month old baby and you're managing a large portfolio of rental portfolios and you and your wife are doing real estate together. Are you still working your W-2 job or are you doing full real estate full-time? No, I definitely am. So fortunately, I run the company in which I work. So that gives me uh, some flexibility, but it's still very much a full-time endeavor. We have an amazing team of about 14 people that help keep the day-to-day operations of our other business running. And again, we have an amazing team of also around 12 people that keep the uh, the short-term rental business running between the individuals on the ground and remote. So that helps a lot. Otherwise, I I don't think I would be able to make it. (laughs) But 
So as you were scaling your real estate portfolio, you know, was there any specific point in time where there was a an aha moment or a really great idea that you had that was able to let you scale to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's still very much kind of a learning experience, but it's this idea that I may be good at certain things and I may add value uh, in specific areas of the business. And that's what I need to focus on. So if, for example, I can bring on the team, somebody else that can handle, let's say, coordinating all the maintenance and pay them well, but free up my time on acquiring and launching additional properties, it's, it's a win-win and ultimately it helps to scale. In the very beginning, especially if you only have let's say one or two properties, three properties, you still have to do everything yourself. But it's important that uh, as soon as you feel like you're getting some momentum going, that you try to delegate and just bring on good team members. And so you also mentioned that you know you do real estate together with your wife. And so how have you been able to manage and to, I guess, differentiate the roles and responsibilities between the two of you in terms of like communication and everything? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's quite ironic, actually, because the electric bike company I run with my brother. So we're very much focused on family-focused businesses. So broadly speaking, I'm focusing on operations and she's focusing on design and onboarding of new properties. So I can get a property up to closing and she'll take over where she gets everything up and running or kind of designed and launched. And then I take over again with our team to focus on the day-to-day. So how did you guys determine that was where your best abilities were meant for? Was that something that you talked to about in the beginning or something that just kind of organically developed? Well, I think that pretty early on, she prohibited me from uh, (laughs) making any design choices. From that point on, it it became more organic. But I mean, the reality is she enjoys it and she's much better than me at it. Um, I find myself interested in setting up systems and working with a team. And personally, I'm less interested in the design element. So it, it just ends up being a good match. So Boris, what's next for you? Uh, raising our daughter, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the truth is we have a really great thing going on right now where the, both of the businesses, the electric bike company and the real estate are moving along at a good pace. We're actually working right now on a new project where we are acquiring a campground and kind of setting up a nature resort facility there. Uh, so that I think will keep us busy for a while. But, you know, that aside, we're just going to continue fine-tuning our operations and our skills in this. And so in your opinion also, and from what you've seen in the market, do you see the continuing demand of short-term rentals? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the reality is that COVID accelerated certain trends and it definitely created some very unique moments in history. But that being said... I think that the consumer is becoming more comfortable with short-term rentals. Short-term rentals are continuing to offer more than uh, hotels. Also, you know, with COVID, we're starting to see more and more groups traveling together, whether it's families or uh, groups of families, and short-term rentals are just more suitable for that uh, than, again, cookie-cutter hotel rooms. So, yeah, in fact, it's quite interesting. If you look at what some of the large hotel brands are doing is that they are acquiring 
short-term rental and vacation rental companies. So even from their perspective, I think they see where the uh, where the wind is shifting to and trying to, to stay in step. And so how has real estate investing impacted your life so far, Boris? It's been good. <laughs> it's a, it, it really came down to a couple of things. We realized that it's something that we enjoy greatly. So it gives us a lot of joy to do because not just in real estate, but especially with short-term rentals, there is this ability to create and sculpt an experience for guests. And it's both a long-term experience, depending on how you design and renovate a house, and kind of a short-term experience, depending on what kind of finishing touches you put in the day-to-day operations. And that's very rewarding. The other thing is it gave us a certain amount of cash flow that gives us freedom. So, I mean, I'll be frank, doing the six-month trip a few years back, we knew that that was not going to be the last time that we do it. So in order to be able to take a few months off or half a year every, let's say, five years or so, or 10 years, let's say five years, it's helpful to have you know, a small real estate portfolio that can keep the income coming. So, and the last thing is, and you know, we haven't necessarily been thinking about this too much up until eight months ago, but it's nice to know that the real estate in a way is also building up a college fund for the our existing daughter and maybe future ones. And it just releases some of the uh, stress associated with saving up, so to speak. And so what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Well, there's a couple of things, but I would say this, that a lot of the times, one of the things that I hear from people is that I will wait until X happens before I invest in real estate. And then, of course, the other thing that you hear from people is, I wish I invested in real estate X number of years ago. But I think that the takeaway from this is that nobody, not even the experts, can accurately predict the future and the market trends. So while it's important to be conservative, I think that it's also very important to get started. And it sounds a little bit like a cliche, but it's kind of true. You're not, if you're thinking about investing in real estate, there will likely be multiple properties that you'll acquire over time. You don't have to get it perfect on every single one of them. But, you know, there is a real opportunity cost to sitting on the sidelines for too long. You know, and also there's a lot of people who like to get into real estate for all the same reasons that you talked about. But some of them also leave real estate as well. So what do you think is something that sets the successful people apart in real estate from those who are not as successful? Well, I would say for, well, a couple of things, actually. There's probably more than a couple. But one is you do need to have a good amount of energy for this because it's work. I mean, it's uh, anybody that says it's passive investments is not being accurate or true because there is work associated with setting up a property. There is work associated with managing it. There is a certain stress associated with every step of it. So just having the energy to do it, I think is important. Got it. And then the other thing is, and again, we've been extremely lucky with this ourselves, but is that we've had the flexibility to work remotely. So this, even before COVID, uh, so this gave us an opportunity that if we decided to go to the Midwest and buy a property there, 
and we needed to live there for two, three weeks and work from there, we could do it. With COVID, hopefully, one of the things that, that happened is more people are comfortable with remote work and more employers are comfortable with remote work. So if you figure out that you can't really invest where you live, but are able to go somewhere else to scope out the properties and get them started, that can be helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for sharing all of that. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all about your journey and your experiences with short-term rental and how you got to where you are today. Anytime. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Boris, also, I'd love to ask you too, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you and what you're doing in the real estate space, where's the best place that they can go to find out more? Absolutely. The best place is to stop by our website at buildyourbnb.com where we write about short-term rentals and real estate. And you can also contact us directly from there. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Boris. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.